Hi, my name is Danae King, and I'm the religion and immigration reporter at the Columbus Dispatch. And I'm here today with some of my colleagues to tell you all a little bit about our time in the mobile newsroom on the hilltop in Columbus. So the hilltop is a neighborhood in Columbus west of downtown, and we have been at the hilltop branch library on South Hague Avenue for about a month. And we're set up there near the information desk, just talking to people and uh, learning about story ideas and reporting on the community as part of our mobile newsroom initiative, which the point of the initiative is to get out into the community and find different people and places and topics to report on and introduce the broader Central Ohio community to this little neighborhood. So we've been in Driving Park and also in the Northland area so far, and this is our third stop. Next, we're going to Whitehall, but today I'm here with Megan Henry, our K-12 education reporter, Monroe Trombley, one of our trending reporters, and Aubrey Wright, one of our news interns, to talk about the time that we each have spent working out of the Hilltop Library. So first of all, if you guys want to talk a little bit about when you were in the newsroom and kind of your experiences there, tell me about a story you worked on. That'd be great. Megan, I know you're in you're in the newsroom right now. She's working with me. I've been in the newsroom all month and she's working with me this week. So this is day three for Megan. But um, what are you working on? Yes. So I've had the shortest stint here so far at our little round table, but I'm working on a handful of stories. Uh, one I'm really excited about, it is about the Hilltop Library Branch and how they have a social worker and how they were the first library branch to have a social worker and kind of get the ball rolling. And now there's a handful of other branches in, Clum- in the Columbus Metropolitan Library that have social workers, but it really all got started at the Hilltop. And so I'm excited to work on that story and continue that. I'm also Looking into uh, Columbus City Schools, which is right up my alley, uh, they have a bilingual family ambassadors program that is new this year to the district to just help families. And I'm talking to someone who is an ambassador at the Valley View Elementary School on the hilltop and a family who utilizes the program and just how it helps with communication and um, breaks down the language barrier. So I'm looking forward to those two stories in particular. Awesome. Yeah. Our time at the library or my time at the library, um, all of us there has been great so far. Um, The branch staff is incredibly welcoming and we're so lucky to have them. But also it's been interesting, as Megan said, there's a ton of different services at that branch that really set it apart. So there's the social worker, there's job help. There's all kinds of people who come in, uh, celebrate one, and then there's ready for kindergarten classes and things like that. And the branch is also, you know, I was at the ready for kindergarten class last night and they're helping to train teachers and at librarians as teachers for those programs that will expand to other branches. So that's been a great experience. So the Hilltop is really known kind of for the crime. It doesn't have a great reputation in Columbus. And um, there's a lot of vacant buildings. There's prostitution and and drug trafficking and and things like that. But um, we found a lot of positive aspects to the Hilltop as well. And there's a lot of people involved in the community who really want to see it improve. And so Monroe talked a little bit to one of those people who is um, renovating an old property on West Broad Street. Tell us about that. Yeah, sure. First, before I talk about the woman who wants to renovate or redevelop that that storefront, you mentioned people who are really trying to make Hilltop a better place. And I think one of those people is Kevin Orr. He's the executive director since June or July of the Greater Hilltop Shalom Zone. And I think when people hear Shalom Zone, they're like, 
I have no idea what you're talking about. So like a Shalom Zone, it's a nonprofit and it's not really a physical space that they're creating. I mean, for the Greater Hilltop Shalom Zone, it's all about collaborating with nonprofits, bringing people together to the table and not providing really direct services. So it's all about cohesiveness and community development. From the beginning, the the Shalom Zone has been all about community development. So we've never been about just offering one type of service, like we feed people or we run daycares or we do this or that. We've always been about trying to bring stakeholders to the table, identify gaps where there is a need for some sort of response that not one group can do alone, Mm -hmm. and then bring everybody together to address it. But an interesting story how the Shalom Zone concept was started by a priest who in the early 90s, after the Rodney King beating, he was horrified at that beating, and he was actually a pastor at the uh, United Methodist Church in Clintonville. So the Shalom Zone concept has Columbus roots, and I found that really interesting. For the the woman who recently bought a property on West Broad Street, it's the first one that you see as you're driving up the hilltop from Franklinton on your left side. And it's kind of this this commercial storefront that almost looks as if it was dug out of a hill. Now, we haven't verified this, but in the 20s or 30s, 1920s or 30s, it was called the dugout confectionery. What's a confectionery? Really a sweet shop. And it's been everything from a sweet shop to a sandwich shop to a drugstore. It's reportedly sat vacant since the 70s or mid-70s to 80s. And it's a really, really old property that I think a lot of people want to see redeveloped. Awesome. Yeah, that was a great story. Um, Both of those stories were really awesome. So Monroe, tell me more about your time, you know, at the library. What was it like to be there, you know, meeting people? And and did you get a chance to talk to a lot of people? I did. There was a a pro and con of working at a library where sometimes you were talking with people for the majority of the day and you couldn't get a lot done. But that's part of being in in the library. And you know, putting a face to the newspaper and having lots of people just want to stop by and, and talk to someone and air their frustrations with, you know, either lack of coverage or, you know, this issue's not getting enough attention. And we're here to listen. That's part of our job. Yeah, I loved working at the library. I think it's a great concept. And we should, you know, even after we move on to another neighborhood in March, I think it's Whitehall next. We, by all means, should should work out of libraries more often. I think the library staff really appreciates that. Yeah, definitely. And I'm looking forward to stopping back by. I've made a lot of friends on the staff and people in the community who will stop by and and know me and and say hi and things like that. Um, And when I was there last week with Aubrey, our reporting intern, we had a fun experience with one of the community advocates. Uh, She came up and was talking to us. And it was kind of funny because Aubrey had told me earlier that morning that she was trying to get a hold of this woman. And then I realized as we were talking to her that it was the woman that Aubrey had been seeking. So Aubrey, tell us a little bit about that story and, and a little bit about your experience at the library. Okay, well, I was working on a story with Columbus Landmarks about they're looking to address disinvestment in the area and to kind of improve historical preservation. And I spoke with Susan Keeney with Columbus Landmarks and she was like, you need to speak to to Betty James. And I was like, okay, who is this woman? She's like, I don't have any contact information for you. And I was like, great, what do I do? <laughs> and then literally that day she comes up and she just, you know, making conversation with Danae and Danae looks over at me. She's like, wait, this is Betty. And I look at Betty and I say, shut up. That was just 
you know, that would have never happened if I wasn't out there at the hilltop, you know, within the community. And it's really wonderful that Betty was also so in- engaged with the community and the mobile newsroom that she just walked right up. It was perfect. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was a fun experience. And I think that story is going to come out soon. Is that right? Yeah, it's about, you know, Columbus Landmarks. They kind of had the shining example of historic preservation with the building that Monroe talked about. And they're looking to do that with many more buildings in Hilltop and four other neighborhoods. One of the buildings that Betty pointed out was West High School, which right now is kind of sort of slotted to be taken out of Columbus City Schools. They might think that it will just sit empty for a while, but that's a building that Betty and some other local historians are really hoping that can be preserved and kind of repurposed to improve the community. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So there's a lot of historic preservation going on on the hilltop. And I think Monroe wanted to add to that conversation. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's on the hilltop, correct? It's not in the hilltop. Yes. Confusingly, it is on the hilltop. Just want to get that right. Yeah. I mean, I I wanted to say that 1945 slash 1947 West Broad, it's in the really early stages at the moment. I mean, Felicia Lyons, the owner, is working with Columbus Landmarks to potentially see if the property is eligible for historic uh, tax credits. It would have to be placed, I think, I'm not sure, on the National Register of Historic Places, but if not, maybe there's other tax credits that they can that they can pursue. She'd like to redevelop it into a, an eatery with a rooftop deck. There's stories here. There's memories here. This place was known, and I think there's lots of that kind of just that kind of history that gets lost. You get, you come in, you build something new. It's beautiful and shiny and and, be- and pretty, but the stories aren't there. Mm-hmm. The memories aren't there. Yeah, you should get on Dispatch.com because the drawings are really awesome that accompany Monroe's story. It looks like it would be a really cool place to visit. You know, so to Monroe's point, like driving up broad, you might not see any of that development going on yet, but there are big plans for the neighborhood and you know, one of the things that mobile newsroom reporters, the handful of us that there have been like to do is just drive through the neighborhoods. And to the east, the hilltop is bordered by 70 and um, to the west, it's bordered by 270. So when I first got to the hilltop in late January, I drove up and, you know, up Broad Street and and back down Sullivan Avenue. And um, it's interesting to see, you know, I was just writing down businesses and things like that. And one of my colleagues, Sheridan Hendricks, who reports on Uh, higher education did the same thing. And she caught something that I did not see. And um, on West Broad, she saw Beck and Orr bookbinding and did a great story on them and what they do on the hilltop. There's a lot of great small family-owned businesses that are local, as well as several restaurants. I took a trip to Koki's Tortillas, which is a tortilla manufacturer on the hilltop. The smell is fantastic. So if you go in there, don't go hungry or bring some money with you to, to eat some tortillas and take them home with you. But they actually, they make corn tortillas and they have for 22 years on the hilltop. We're very concerned with giving people, you know, really good customer service. That's, I've been in customer service for <laughs> since I was maybe about 18. So uh, that's pretty much all I've done. And um, I, I want people to feel welcome coming here and asking questions about the tortillas and, um, you know, trying something new. What do you think sets you guys apart from other tortilla makers? That we make everything daily. We don't try to make, you know, three, four pallets of tortillas and then try to sell them you yeah. know, somewhere else. We want, we want everything to be made daily. Um, 
we want to make sure that, you know, my dad and I are always involved in everything that's going on here. We don't rely on somebody else to, you know, run the important parts of the business. So it's very much still your family business. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% a family business. The founder actually is from Mexico and he started working on tortilla manufacturing equipment when he was in his 20s and has always wanted to open a tortilla manufacturing facility. And so the story is really neat and it'll come out soon in the dispatch. But a little bit of the backstory is that the family actually lived in Detroit and Koki is uh, the founder's daughter and she would come to Columbus with her mom with different like Mexican foods and tortillas and things like that because they heard there was a big Hispanic population here. And so they'd set up shop on the weekends on the West side and sell Mexican food and it would sell out really fast. And so when they told Koki's father, he said, well, that looks like the place where we should set up our tortilla factory. And so the rest is history. Um, and it's a really cool local business. You know, the family lives on the hilltop and they're very involved in their business. So that's something that we'll have soon as well. And, you know, it kind of hints to there is a large Hispanic population on the hilltop. I was talking with Our Lady of Guadalupe Center, which is part of Catholic Social services. And they work to help immigrants and the Hispanic population locally get out of poverty. And so in the mid-90s, a lot of Hispanic people were coming here to find affordable housing, and many of them settled on the hilltop on the west side. And so that's kind of, it's made the hilltop a destination for Mexican food for all kinds of Hispanic food. And there's Mexican grocery stores there and all kinds of stuff, several food trucks. Um, so it's really interesting to learn more about that Hispanic population and really how it shaped the neighborhood. So I talked to Ramona Reyes uh, with Our Lady of Guadalupe Center, and she told me a little bit about the varied Hispanic community on the hilltop. So even though so let's not take away from the largest Latino population in Columbus, in Franklin County, is Mexico. I believe that our community is not aware of the richness of what we encompass. That though we have a common language, which is Spanish, but in most cases we do have indigenous languages too, mm-hmm. that we have the beauty Columbus now has the beauty of having the Hondurans, the Salvadorians, the Ecuadorians, the Venezuelans, the Nicaraguans. I mean, for those of us that have, that have been here in the, from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, to see that diversity. When I was there at Our Lady of Guadalupe Center, which is on the hilltop itself, and they have a food pantry and do ESL classes and, and a number of services. They have an immigration attorney there. And so when I was there visiting them, I also talked to Alma Santos, who used to live on the hilltop. And she talked a lot about, you know, just the feeling of the hilltop and what she really liked about it. So here you can hear a little bit from her about what she loves about the community. Well, when I used to live on the hilltop, I loved the convenience of having all the Mexican stores nearby and the sense of community. When you go out, you don't feel like an outsider. I like the... Yeah, the access to just about anything, any service. Another great aspect of the Hilltop has been the opportunity to really get to know the local restaurants, which I have enjoyed visiting with several of my colleagues and friends. And so each week we've been on the Hilltop in the mobile newsroom, we've tried to find new places to eat. And 
we have been successful. So there's, you know, when we first got to the hilltop, Sheridan Hendricks and I, you know, we were just talking to people about what's going on and people who live there and have been there for years. And many of them said, you know, there's not a lot of variety when it comes to where to eat. And so we took that as a challenge. And since then, we've been, you know, trying to find places and we found a whole ton of great places that are locally owned and that have different varieties of food. And we've just kind of been visiting them. And so we've got an article coming out soon about all the places we've visited, but we'll give you a little preview of that. So... Megan was actually, we went, she came and visited me the first week before she was stationed on the hilltop in the mobile newsroom. And her and I and one of our other colleagues went to a Peruvian restaurant. And it was the first restaurant on the hilltop I tried. And it was a great experience. So Megan, tell me what that was like. Yes, today, a Chandler, other colleague, and I went to El Polio Peruco in the hills up, and uh, we weren't really sure what to expect, but it's in this strip mall um, over on the west side, kind of on the way as you're heading to the casino from the hilltop. And yeah, it was um, a real treat. It was this, a little, little small little place, but we basically went up to the counter and we were like, what's good here? We don't really know what to get. And so they recommended a few different things for us and gave us some samples of things, and they're very kind and very helpful. And it was a real treat with uh, we ended up getting some chicken and rice and some passion fruit drink. I will be definitely getting some more of before I wrap up my time on the hilltop. And two, they have a little up against one of the walls, a little market area where you can buy some of the food that they make at the restaurant. Uh, and so it was really cool to be able to take some of that home then as well. So I would recommend. Yeah, I had never had Peruvian food, but it was it was a cool experience and they're known for their char-grilled chicken. And so I got that and some rice and some plantains. And then, like Megan said, the waitress asked us if we'd like to try this passion fruit juice. And we were like, oh, we don't know what it is. And so she brought us samples and it was it's really good. So I'm probably going back to get like a jug of that because my new passion is passion fruit juice. Yeah. So that was one of the places we tried. And then... Um, Monroe and I tried a few Mexican places, so he'll tell you about those. What did you tell me a little bit about how you found them? You suggested we go to the first one, I think, El Ranchito. Tell me about that. El Ranchito is a fantastic place. There's basically you walk in, there's some booths and small tables and very busy during the lunch time. Lots of construction workers, lots of Hispanic men and women coming in. We were the only white people there, which we took as a good sign. We were like, we found a, a great place to eat now. And I can't exactly remember. I had a burrito of some sort, but yeah, that place was fantastic. And we also tried El Jalisciense. Sorry for butchering that. And that was an extremely pleasant experience because you walk in and the music is bumping and there's just, it's so colorful. Basically all the tables and chairs are painted. There's portraits on the wall and everyone was extremely nice and welcoming. I had Cameron's a la plancha, which is basically butterfly cut grilled shrimp with onion, bell peppers, and mushrooms. And I got to say, I was stuffed and I couldn't exactly work for an hour or two afterward. I was so full, but yeah, great Hispanic and Mexican food on the hilltop. And I, I have to, I'm really close by. So I'm going to go over whenever, whenever I can to get more. Yeah. They don't give us nap breaks, but maybe they should consider <laughs> it since we're trying to eat our way through the hilltop. Yeah. So we didn't just try regular food. We also got some dessert as Aubrey can attest to, and she will probably embarrass me and tell everyone how fast I ate it, but <laughs> she's going to tell about La Dolce Vita, 
or Dolce Vita. I don't know if there's a law, but Dolce Vita, an ice cream place on the hilltop. Tell us what you got and what you thought. It's a Mexican ice cream place. Well, it was delicious. I have not stopped thinking about it since I had it. And I can't wait to go back. I've been telling everybody about it. I think we all ordered the Trace Maria's. Right. So we each got three different flavors and like a a waffle bowl, I think is what it's called. I got strawberry chocolate and Oreo, a classic. And it's true. Nobody ate their ice cream faster than Danae. (laughs) I've never seen another person eat ice cream faster than I have. So I uh, was really impressed by Danae's hard work. I got to see this sometime. (laughs) Dolce Vita. I remember it's super bright in there. We went during the week of Valentine's Day. So there were all these hearts up and it was so much pink and it was adorable. And I remember we walked in and the the menu takes up like the whole wall. And we were like looking at the flavors and Danae like walked down the aisle and she was like, guys, there's flavors all the way down here. (laughs) Like there were so many. There's so many options there. And it was so good. Um, It was Mexican artisan. Yeah, it was fantastic. I've got to say, I love coffee. and But if anybody would like to go out for ice cream, I'm game. We can go there <laughs> and I will show you how fast I can eat three scoops of ice cream. So we've had a great time on the hilltop and met some really great people. You know, before I came to the hilltop for the mobile newsroom, I knew a little bit about it and had reported a little bit. But, you know, just meeting people and realizing how many people, like Monroe mentioned, like Kevin Orr and, and other community advocates really want to bring the hilltop up and and do good there. It's really fascinating. I got the chance to go to the Hope Resource Center, which offers meals and other resources and kind of connects people who are homeless or suffering from drug addiction to all kinds of things to help them kind of, you know, get out of of the situation they're in. And, and when they're ready, they, you know, connect people to what they need. So I'll have a story on that soon as well. But we also, you know, we wanted to report on the great people on the hilltop and in that community and what the neighborhood has to offer, but while also not ignoring things like the drug addiction that that kind of plagues the community and, and the human trafficking. So you'll see some stories coming out on that. There's also an issue of that I'm reporting on now of a lack of quality preschool for hilltop toddlers. And so we take a look at that. And here you can listen a little bit as one of the librarians uh, at the Hilltop Branch Library teaches a ready for kindergarten class. Like I said back there, we consider any attempt at writing a huge success. So good job, everybody. Give yourselves a round of applause. Okay. Our Ready for Kindergarten class focuses on these four skills. So kids need to know how to read and write their name before they go to kindergarten. But they also need to be finger skills, scissors, classroom behavior, knowing to raise your hand if you have a question and wait your turn. School smarts, knowing your letters and your shapes and your colors, and also writing, which we practiced at the very beginning. Yeah, so I got the chance to attend a few classes and just see a little bit about the services the library offers. A lot of people aren't aware of the importance of preschool and how it can really set students up for success later on in life. And so the library has these programs that are free that parents can come to, and it just really helps them realize that they are their child's first teacher. 
So yeah, so soon you'll see even more stories from the mobile newsroom and you can catch us next at the Whitehall Branch Library. We'll be there starting the second week of March and our colleague Eric Legata is going to head that up. Also, you should check out our TikTok to see some of our reporters. You can see our mobile newsroom set up from the hilltop on TikTok and you can also check out the Columbus Library's TikTok to see us on there. I made my TikTok debut this month and... Don't forget to check out our mobile newsroom newsletter, which you can get weekly on Wednesday mornings to stay caught up with all of our great mobile newsroom stories. 